Breakfast puppies? This podcast contains adult language and content and is meant for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. You are listening to The Glitter Bois. Uh, Francois, it's Glitter Boys. What? (sighs) Fine. You are listening to The Glitter Boys. So, I remember reading this book, and I must have been 17, 18, and I thought the same, and when I revisited 25, 20 years later, I was like, God damn, someone has been reading old, mid-90s Wiccan neo-pagan books, like uh, Buckland or, or, or Starhawk, and gone, you know what would make this better? Explosions and aliens. <laughs> There's this there's this feel to Riff's England, which is which is a very like that that special flavor of mid nineties neo pagan when it was just like stepping back into the mainstream, like coming out of the the darkened closet in the back of the the weird bookstore and moving out onto an actual shelf. And when viewed in that light, this is a really interesting thing for its time. Rips England World Book Three is one of the more uh, evocative books, I believe, from the early era. Like it, it really dives into the mythology of an era and just like it just grabs it and then hugs it tight and then like <laughs> punches itself full of spikes and laser beams and then just like <laughs> runs down the football field, just hauling ass. Like this is a if you like. Yeah, exactly. You know, if you like druids, we got druids. Mm-hmm. If you like Celtic myth, we got Celtic myth. If you like King Arthur and shit, we got that too. It's Arthu. Arthurian <laughs> legend is alive in this game. As a huge fan of the Arthurian legend, I gotta say though, I I don't care for this take. Why not? Well, okay, let's explain the take real quick. Okay, so Merlin is bad. Merlin is an extra-dimensional entity of unspeakable evil who is there to sabotage good King Arthur and his noble knights and dragon friend. Well, he's not there to sabotage them. He is there to... Uh, he He's creating them. Like, he has set it all up from the beginning. He has turned Arthur into this nobody, from this nobody into a great leader. Now, you know, Arthur has his own talents and he's a good leader himself, but Merlin there is his... Is his uh, his backup, his his advisor. He's he's basically building yet uh, a fascist regime <laughs> on Rift's Earth. What? In, in Rift's no. Earth, what? <laughs> Damn, my what was just a second too late. <laughs> I don't like it because the traditional Merlin character, um, like taking the the Mary Stuart Crystal Cave example, which uh, used to be viewed as like fairly definitive, was. A very sympathetic character. You already have villains in the Arthurian mythos, and I didn't think it needed a new one. The Merlin has been kicked around quite a bit already, and I, I, it was just me as an Arthurian le- uh, legend idiot that didn't like it. There's nothing wrong with it as itself. I just, I, you. I, I, I've developed a lot of empathy for Merlin over the years. And I did not like this take on him. <laughs> you like your old wizards. I, I do. And I also like 
he feels like the evil the the grand vizier like th- this one could come from aladdin and i just i just didn't like the take yeah it's it's interesting there's so much bad shit going on at the court of camelot in yeah. rift earth that you're almost like why does he even need all these people? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like the, the, the intelligence the already lake. owns the nexus point and is already yeah. now straddling multiple dimensions. And he has already fractured himself into multiple copies. Mm-hmm. You're almost like, why even bother with Camelot? If you are this evil, you've got the world is now your oyster. You don't need all these people. Just, you know, go forth and evil. Yeah. I just, yeah, I, I didn't care for that part. And I have to say, there's another thing that bothered me too about this book. I didn't like the art. Interesting. It was, um, I, I had a feeling that that while this, this book was well-written, like the art was added last minute. Like we need this, 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 then the, this. And like the artists that traditionally do a very good job just were churning it out to meet a deadline, it felt like. Like not nothing was next level. Everything was like bare description. You know, I, I'm I'm looking through it again right now, and I'm with you here. This I think would be great art if it weren't rifts. If they had made this like a fantasy setting, there's a lot more of that old school style original Palladium fantasy art happening mm. here. In fact, a lot of this is from original Palladium yeah. fantasy. It looks like, <laughs> and I love that stuff, but it doesn't really fit rifts. Yeah, you're right. A lot of it's very uninspired. Yeah, I would like uh, to also introduce a new sub-segment into our uh, show here, which <laughs> is Find the Mechanoid's Art. Oh, oh, what'd you find? <laughs> uh, it's it's in the bugs. Oh, oh the, the bugs? The <laughs> d- bugs, the yes. Bugs. <laughs> yes, so there is a, a new alien race here. Or there's several of them, but there is one specifically called the Dubug or the bugs. Yeah. And guess what? They look like bugs. Uh, that's a little bit on the nose there. Yeah, I, I think where I started to to lose it was with the Millennium Trees. Uh, so page one. Yeah, there. Well, page <laughs> ten actually. There, there was a chance for some truly epic art that wouldn't have taken all that long. And I'm normally like really happy with Long's work. I like it. Yeah. It's clean. Yeah. But these, this, it just, it wasn't mighty. It wasn't fell. It wasn't noble. It wasn't majestic. It's just a big tree with weird acorn houses. Yeah, I I am a full agreement on that one. The picture of the Millennium Tree is just rather uninspiring. It's yeah. th- there's nothing really happening here. There's none of uh, it's it's not rifts. You know, it just it's all oh it's all peaceful. It's fucking shepherds. Like yeah, uh, but, like but, I said, yeah. so someone had read uh, uh the one of those late nineties neo pagan books yeah. and just like hey let's. Let's bring this into riffs is, is what I felt like this. The tree grants gifts. Yeah. Bark armor. You know, the bark armor, I think is kind of cool. I, I like the gifts. I like the way that the twigs have magic. Although I, it does feel that the trees themselves are like some kind of a just boring ass shoe in for, for random deus ex machina gifts of power, you know? Yeah. Anyone who's good can pray and be revived and healed at the oh Millennium Trees. Uh, if you're not looking at the book like we are, the Millennium Tree is a giant, uh, thousand yard tall tree that is semi sentient, uh, rewards the good with gifts of its own body. It's the uh, giving tree for good people, and it rewards the evil with storms. 
Yeah, big ones. Yeah. And explosions <laughs> if they attempt to remove pieces of the tree. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a little bit of, uh, it, it's a little bit more frew, this one. Yeah, it, it felt like, uh, like what I didn't like about it is anyone could run up to the tree and yell base and touch the tree and just be fine. Yeah. And I, as, as a fan <laughs> of the, the desperate last stand, I didn't like that. I didn't like that at all. <laughs> Yeah, it, you don't really like uh, goodness and wholesomeness in your 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 fantasy. I do, but I don't think it it lends to heroics. Gotcha. Um, if if you have base that cannot be hit by any means, that can defend itself, that can resurrect you, it's it's just you you you're not you're not playing at your deepest. You're not playing at your you're you're, you're not taking as many risks. Fair enough. Yeah. The, the I, drama kind of goes away. I know that the topic of the Millennium Trees has been something of a, you know, a, a hot button over the years among other Rifts fans. Some people also see them as that kind of, you know, that one source of ultimate power. Well, it's like, you know, no matter what goes wrong in life, we can always just go back to the Millennium Tree and he'll make everything fine. Yeah. And I didn't like that. There's also uh, something I did like. I, I like all the... Uh, the, the temporal classes, those are fun for me. Well, before we get into the classes, let, looking back at the Millennium Tree, at least, is where we start to see the first new character classes in this book. And I, I do like the classes. And I like them mm-hmm. because they are, this is still the early Rifts era, where classes did not require a massive list of special abilities that could blow up planets at the beginning. Like, really... Many of the classes in this book, like the knight classes that we get later, mm-hmm. they don't have anything but a list of skills. Your standard yeah. class, just a list of skills, a list of stuff and whatever. Go forth and play. So it's very much in that old school first era of rifts where these characters are expected to, if they go adventuring, pal around with people like vagabonds. Mm-hmm. And I like that. Yeah, like the uh, the herbalist. Yeah. Increase potency of teas. Yeah. <laughs> Detect poison by smell and taste. I mean, that's yeah. an adventurer power right there. Heal plant life. <laughs> Sense weather conditions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, I love I love that they have this is definitely more of a, a a long-term character, you know, a character that is going to be more defined. Honestly, a character like this is probably not going to be heavily defined by any of these skills. This is going to no, be it's something be their that they fall back on. But yeah. they're probably going to be the one who's going forth and doing things unusual. Mm-hmm. And as a person who really, well, tends to play that, I, I really like some of the, uh, what, what people would consider the, the non-power or, or the weaker OCCs in this book. I would absolutely play an herbalist. Number 10, metamorphosis into a tree. I swear I'm going to do that in a fight. <laughs> you guys got this. I'm taking my tea and leaving. Yeah, and, and speaking of tea, we have pages and pages and pages and pages of herbs and teas and concoctions mm-hmm. and everything from like uh, cedar tree and clover all the way to like magical herbs that they invented just for this. If if you if you have any interest whatsoever in herb lore and potions and in like getting nitty gritty into that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. the level of detail that they go here and the varietals. The varieties of things that you can mix are wonderful. And honestly, some of it is accurate. Huh. Yeah, which is interesting. 
Uh, there's there's uh, herb magic. There's all, all kinds of different hedge wizardry, you know, uh, kitchen magic, kitchen witches that that goes on in here. And honestly, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And then we get some more classes. Uh, you know, we get another herbalist and then another mm-hmm. herbalist. <laughs> but <laughs> one of them is called yeah. the Philid. Uh, mm-hmm. Philid, and the other one is called a dryad, but they're basically herbalists. Mm-hmm. And then we get the cauldron maker. Oh. It's not what you think. <laughs> <laughs> Different cauldron. <laughs> oh my God, they get so many cauldrons, and then they get chains and arrows and javelins and mallets. Basically the magical blacksmith. And mm-hmm. I, I really like that that concept. Yeah. Uh, then there's uh, the scath. Scathich. Yeah, that's the one I was just talking about. They get yeah. all they get the cauldrons. Yes. It's the Z, Z magical warrior. You have mm-hmm. the uh, Millennium Druid, the carer of the tree. They're boring. Which is, yeah, again, not a great picture either. Like their whole thing, and this is an example of one who's really just nothing but a list of skills. And, yeah. But their whole thing is they might maybe possibly be able to convince the tree to maybe kinda sorta help you. Yeah. Like I can't see any reason to ever play one of these. Why would you ever leave the grove? No, this is this is absolutely an NPC. Also, that picture it's it's missing something. And I, I looked at it long and hard and tried to figure out what was missing from the Millennium Druid OCC. And he needs a Djembe under the other arm. <laughs> <laughs> and a shell necklace. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, not from the Caribbean, just from Hawaii. They're puka. Then you have uh, another uh, another dragon, and I'm not sure why this dragon is in England. I know it is really interesting that they took the Asian dragon and put it here in England. There, there's some story behind it. I think they wanted to put it in here because of its their presence for some reason fighting Merlin in them. Uh, then they talk about where all the Chengku are across the world. Essentially, we have mm-hmm. a, a race of very powerful dragons that are going extinct. But they are uh, hot on the tail of the previous world book, Atlantis. Mm-hmm. Remember Atlantis, we had the tattoo magic and the, the tattoo man and the maxi man. And <laughs> <laughs> maxi man. <laughs> now we have the source of that power, where it originally yeah. came from. These guys have the old magic of the tattoos. Then we have another racial character class, the children of earth and stars. Vaguely, you know, the good people once again, like elementalists, basically, um, or elementals more like a, a, a human elemental, uh, an embodiment of whatever element they, they choose. Yeah. One of them turns into an earthen juggernaut and the other one turns into a shooting star. And they have a little bit of psionics and um, there's, I don't know. They're kind of interesting. I don't really get, I don't have much in the way of ideas coming from these guys. No. They don't inspire me that much. There, there's a lot of RCCs and OCCs in here that I honestly thought should have been kept as NPCs. Not really racial character classes. Occupational character classes. Like the Millennium Druid would never do anything outside of maybe 50 miles from home. You know, you're right, but Palladium has always basically turned everything into an OCC, even classes that you're not supposed to play. 
like the the sage in fantasy and the alchemist they're they're listed as OCCs with the parentheses not available as a player character but still Kevin likes you to see how these guys will also level up you know okay that makes sense to me yeah but you're right they're, they're, I, I just can't why would you play a millennium druid you know it just yeah unless all of you were just sitting around a fire going kumbaya with our djembes We've got insect folk. We've got lizard folk. We have stuff, monsters that are copy pasters. Yeah. There's not much to say about them. They aliens. They hate each other. I believe uh 62. Was that? That's not mechanoids. Was that Wormwood? Mm, maybe. Uh, the Wormwood hasn't come out by the time this is published. Mm. Uh, we did Wormwood a little early because I was excited about it. But right, if, right, back right. at the very beginning of this book, we have the introduction from Aaron Tarn. Mm-hmm. Who mentions Wormwood. Yeah, who mentions Wormwood that she just came back from. And Wormwood has been alluded to a few times in this book as something that's coming out later. Yeah, beetles, bugs, whatever that petal thing. That's it. There, there's some interesting monsters in here. The thing about it is, though, none of these creatures make me think England. No. So far, the only thing in this book that has made me think England are druids. You know, I will say they did. Yeah. And the druids don't even wrap anyone's guts around the oak tree. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin, for not putting in a Robin Hood analog. Thank you. Thank you so much. Like that is. I, I appreciate you not picking that low-hanging fruit. I really do. <laughs> and then you get to the temporal wizards. Oh, I love them so. Uh, that, like, if you could play a temporal wizard, why, why, why do anything else? It's a temporal wizard. You, you can be a godling. Absolutely. The main issue with the temporal mages, and it, it's not an issue for me, I should note, but the main limiter, that's the word I'm looking for, the main limiter on the temporal powers be you a temporal wizard, a temporal raider, or a temporal warrior, is you can't go back in time. That's the main one. The magic is all pretty cool, but you can't go backwards. So it's an interesting limit that they put on it. I guess maybe they just didn't want to go writing up all of the details of how to handle time travel in your game, but it's it's a forward or to the present, but you can never go backward kind of thing. I like the space aspects more than the time aspects. I like the pocket dimensions. I like the dimensional shifts from 3D to 2D. I I like the the endless pocket of holdings. I I, I like <laughs> the walk-in closet of safety. There there's a lot of there's a lot of golden age sci-fi happening in this subclass. There's a lot of Philippe uh, Jose Farmer happening in this OCC series, and I, I really like it. Yeah, the dimensional magic is pretty cool. Especially, uh, we've talked about this a bit in the Rifter when we looked at, uh, was it Spatial Mage? Mm-hmm. Was that it? So yeah. I think that the two of them make a good combination. Like, uh, I think a Spatial Mage and a Temporal Mage, I'd have to sit and run some numbers, but I think they'd be a good <laughs> match for each other. They'd be good yeah. foils. Once again, I will say this is probably a little much for a player, but God damn for a for an for the villain yeah like, so so good so good yeah the uh t- 
time warp spells specifically. Mm -hmm. Those are fascinating. Um, Don't want to really go much into them because of time limitations here. Time. But the, they, they are fairly interesting. They sound at first. You're like, Oh, it just fucking sends you into the future. But it actually does. It does. It sends you into the fucking future. But, but, problem with that of course is you can't go back so if you send a player character a year in the future well guess what you're never going to see that player character in play for another year <laughs> right uh, so now that player has to make a new character yeah i like the uh the the t-dep spell the time deprivation spell it plays havoc with the victim's perception of time yeah one's good yeah you're that's like it, it just takes away your base temporary time hole time maelstrom time barrier time capsule I mean, there, there's so much good stuff here that that would just be really a, an amazing way for a villain to fuck with a party. Yeah. It's like, we have him cornered. That's a dead end. Well, it's a picture of a guy on the wall, but he disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then we get into the main, uh, the, the main setting that's detailed here, which is Camelot. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't really much, like I said, don't care for it. Didn't like the take on on the Arthurian legend, especially the 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 pseudo clever stuff like uh, Excalibur being Caliber X. Just uh, uh, it's trying a little too hard. Yeah, yeah. It it not my favorite. No. That said, I mean, if you're not like me and a huge Arthurian geek, there's a lot of stuff you can take here. It's uh. A, a a complete setup it's there's a whole campaign built in there yep you got factions you have villains you've got friends you've got enemies you've got npcs there to guide you possibly help you you've got possibly the good guys fighting the bad guys who might actually mm-hmm. be the good guys there's there's some intrigue going on here it's pretty good on that regard i just eh, it, it's there's just something about it that just didn't grab me camelot was supposed to be a shining human ideal and i didn't like i didn't like what what it was what 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 it was made into i i can totally accept that i don't really have much of an opinion on it personally you know although that picture of king arthur is terrible i'm sorry kevin kevin i know you've done some good work that's not one of them no he's done some amazing work yeah that that sword looks terrible yeah but I mean, it is what it is. We, like even even our our favorite setup here can't hit everything every time. I do like that they brought forth uh, Percival. I usually name at least one pet Percival. Oh, nice! Because yeah, I, yeah. I always have a Percival. Brave and noble men have been named Percival. Yeah, I do like some of the new takes that they have on the knights, but you know, again, it's it's trying too hard. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, we got a city. We don't have a map, though. I'm sad no, about that. There but you do a map. about uh, the British Isles, and then it goes into some uh, some interesting facts about the surrounding area. You have uh, like you know Ireland, Scotland, Wales. Mm-hmm. Oh, if, and if you like hinges, we have lots oh, of hinges. Oh, we, we do. We got hinges for you. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, ley line maps, I really dig those. One thing that's fascinating here is that we haven't really had much in the way of ley line maps up to this point in the game because North America has actually been low on ley lines. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more in the 
far east of the North America than there is anywhere else. But most of the rifts so far has just been kind of vaguely North American. Now that it's yeah. in England where magic happened, this is full of ley line activity. Which does explain Merlin's interest. But yeah, yeah, there's there's more on this tiny island than there are in all of the Americas. So I do like the picture of the Fomorians or is that whoever that is? Uh, yeah, that that asshole without the eye that I, I like that picture. He just <laughs> page one twenty six. You just I, I, you just like the finger <laughs> earrings, don't you? <laughs> They're pretty cool too. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, we got some gods and yeah. I'm I'm losing my excitement about this by the minute. <laughs> it's it's kind of a generic, boring book. Yeah, there is there's some interesting stuff there, but the the world building of it 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 felt like they just said we're going to take it back to Arthurian legend and let it go at that. And it feels contrived and it feels a little forced. Yeah. I would be very interested to hear in, you know, I mean, in, in what, what survived of, of England. And I don't know why anything survived of England. Cause there's no part of England that's tall <laughs> and the coasts were fucking wiped and the wave doesn't stop just because, you know, it's on the other side of the Atlantic. Well, actually that that's the chaos earth interpretation, but still, yeah, I just for I just wasn't feeling it. I like that there are random encounter tables. I mm-hmm. love, 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 love random encounter tables. So the inclusion of them here is very nice. I like that there's adventure seeds. I like that uh, there's actually a fully fleshed adventure with uh, you know, some NPCs and some some things going on and some monsters. I like that we even get a tiny little bit, tiny little look at France. <laughs> Just yeah, tiny, just France gets a fourth of a page. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It, you know, eh, that's number Wang. Yeah, <laughs> it uh, it goes into some of the the villainous things, the the blood magics, and uh, then you get some mushrooms, and then it just goes into character sheets. <laughs> yeah, they can't all be good, and. We just had two really awesome world books back to back. Like Vampire Kingdoms was amazing. Atlantis yeah. was fantastic. I guess they had to to hit a speed bump at some point. Well, here's the thing. I mean, I I think England is a fantastic setting. I mean, it is it's it's a it's a classic adventure seed, and I just don't quite think they grabbed it. Like they they tried. And they hit some of the classic elements, which on paper would have been really good. But it just, I wasn't feeling it. What I would like to do as a proposal for players who want to run something in England and they want some better, uh, you know, inspiration. but And they find that the Rift's England book is just lacking is uh, my recommendation would be to forget about it. And then instead... If you can get a copy of the Palladium Fantasy Second Edition stuff, because you know it's it's Western fantasy written by a white guy, which means it's England. <laughs> so get some of that stuff. But specifically, if you want to like get a feel of the English setting, I would say, uh, in my opinion, go for something like the Land of the Damned books or uh, the Eastern Territory. Like take a mix of those things and then just apply some mega damage armor to it. And then I think you got a, a lot 
more opportunity for some adventuring across the English countryside kind of stuff. I would have taken it in a different direction. The thing about England and England at the height of its power, what I consider to be quintessentially English is its Navy, is its its naval might. I, I would have gone in that direction with it. I would have I would have played up the, the the long series of battles between England and France. And I would have put that that's that's how I would have done post-apocalyptic England. Interesting. Not, not taking it back to Arthurian, but taking it back Napoleonic. There is a new power rising in France, because you don't want to do that again to Germany. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh and uh, yeah. th- this brilliant general, who is controlled by other worldly intelligences because rifts, is opposed by the plucky little seafaring country. I would have steered well clear of Merlin. I would have steered well clear of of, of just the the whole Arthurian legends and gone with the like master and commander era, the the kind kind of feel to it. I would prefer if I'm going to do something like thematically English would be to take it much further back, not to Arthurian, but to uh, Roman invasion of England uh, mm. kind of kind of stuff. The Romans uh, versus the Picts. Well, there was, yeah, uh, there's a show on Amazon, which is, in my opinion, still to date, one of the best fantasy shows, despite it not actually being fantasy fantasy, called Britannia. It is yeah. a beautiful show. It is well acted. Uh, one of the characters is essentially... Uh, I believe he is alluded to be the Roman who stabbed Jesus. Um, there's, the, there's oh, druids. Casca. What? Casca. Yeah, there's druids. There's Picts. We got barbarians. Mm-hmm. We have you know some weird mythology happening here. We got crazy people. It's it's a really good show, and yeah. I think taking something like that and amping up the the mystery to it, the the mythology, the, uh, the mysticism. But then also adding some laser guns, and I think you got a good campaign. I wanted to see giant ship robots myself personally. Like this was this was your opportunity for giant battleships, and that that that's just the way I would have taken it. But honestly, I like that era too, where Rome begins, like where the tide goes back in with Rome, and their their furthest lapping wave starts to pull back, and yeah. What 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 is it? Uh, there's that old saying where the uh, and the and the 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 last legion settled down and took barbarian brides instead of making the long trek home. That 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 would have been an interesting kind of of feel to it, like uh, empire receding and re carving a kingdom out of the, the 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 shambles that was left behind. Oh yeah, they totally could have made an. An analogy there with the 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 NGR, perhaps the NGR had yeah. like invaded or something, and then got pushed back by the locals. See, I think we're writing our own alternate version of Rift England, one that actually has more <laughs> England in it than this one did. And I think, yeah, <laughs> we like to hear, dear listener, what you would have done with a Rift England book to make it more Englandy. Not a single red coat anywhere to be found. It just makes me sad. <laughs> <laughs> no plucky tars. Yeah. Yep. I don't really have much more to say about this. No, no spotted dick. No clotted cream. <laughs> no blood pudding. <laughs> no marmo. This it was just before Austin sad. Powers, sadly. 
All right. Well, yeah, that, that was Rifts England. I think, honestly, I mean, if, if you're building up your, your book collection like we are, well, well, like I am, I think NPC is, is pretty much gotten most of it. Oh, I have a lot of gaps. Well, I mean, yeah. But if you're building it out, you, you want Rifts England. You, you do. But it, it's not high on my priority list. Yeah, it's definitely one that I would put in the backfill list. Yeah. The I've read everything else already. I need something new. That list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not. I, I, I feel like I've come down on it pretty hard and kicked it while it was down. And I feel a little bad about that. Yeah, we did. We both did. But but it, it's I, I want to say that it's 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 not bad. It just it could have been a lot more. And I, I think. I think that that's what what I'm feeling is is the the missed opportunity more than my disappointment in what was actually presented. I'm with you there. A lot of missed opportunity. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. So that's uh, Riffs England. Thanks for listening. That's Riffs England. And uh, thanks for listening. And don't forget, February, we are doing our first book club. Uh, The first one is Robotech Genesis by Jack McKinney. Uh, you can get it on Amazon. You can get it at the library, probably, or a Goodwill cheap ass book. Yeah, you can absolutely get like most <laughs> of the series at Goodwill. <laughs> yeah, it, it gives some interesting insights into what's actually happening before the Robotech show begins. Mm-hmm. So it it's actually recommended reading. Check it out. Yeah. Join us. Talk about it with us online. And then at the end of the month, we'll do a review. And if you're one of the well, actually people... We do, you know, it's tangentially um, part of Palladium. Uh, you know, it's it's the 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 seven seven removes of of Kevin Bacon or whatever the hell that was, and I, I feel comfortable going over it. And I don't I don't mind straying off topic for for some of these things. And yeah. those 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 books are dear to me, man. They're, they're really good. We've talked about them so much. I just felt it was just only due that we make that our first book. And um, like I said, it's, it's still going to be a little bit. So you got time. Go out and get it. It's not a long read. Read along with us. Join our book club. All right. See you next time. We should get stickers like Oprah. You've been listening to The Glitter Boys, a Palladium Books fan podcast. Glitter Boys, Rifts, the Megaverse, and all other such topics are the property of Kevin Sambita and Palladium Books. Please buy all their stuff and help keep them in print and making more games. You can order directly at palladiumbooks.com, and their entire catalog is available digitally at DriveThruRPG as well. Our opening music is 8-Bit Bass and Lead by Furby Guy from freesound.org. This closing music is Caravana by Philip Gross, available at freemusicarchive.org. All sound effects used are self-made or acquired via Creative Commons Zero License. If you like what you have heard, find us on Twitter and Facebook as The Glitter Boys. That's B-O-I-S. And check us out online at breakfastpuppies.com slash glitterboys. And also join us on the Breakfast Puppies Network Discord at breakfastpuppies.com slash discord. And if you want to help us out, please spread the word and help us build a community. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you next time.